Good morning and welcome to Shouts of Grace. Of course, this morning we are continuing our series through Christmas prophecies. Through Christmas prophecies. We looked at quite a bit there, uh, the prophecy in Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. And today we're going to be looking at a a few different prophecies. I'm not sure exactly how far uh, we're going to get into it, but we're going to start with one in Isaiah chapter 7, but then we're also going to be getting into Micah chapter 5, hopefully, and maybe even Genesis chapter 3, if we have time uh, for some different prophecies here, some different Christmas prophecies that came uh, to us. And I do want to just say here uh, that, of course, we've I've missed the last couple days of um, of Shouts of Grace. And the first few days, first couple days that I missed there, that Friday and Saturday, was simply because I forgot to bring my computer with me, uh, so I couldn't really record uh, when we went down to visit my in-laws. And then also, the last couple days, um, well, I fell asleep watching a show with my wife, and it wouldn't have been good if I recorded right after that. So, uh, I don't have a good excuse or a good reason as to why uh, we uh, I didn't have it or didn't do shouts of grace, but uh, we didn't do shouts of grace, and so we're we're back at it now though. But let's go ahead and let's get into scripture reading here. Matthew chapter eighteen verses, excuse me, chapter one verses eighteen through twenty five. Just a good Christmas text here. Matthew chapter one verses eighteen through twenty five, and it says this: Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child, and bear a son, and you shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated, God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from the sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and took him his wife, and did not know her till she brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Now, what we see here, this uh, this passage of Scripture, just an incredible, incredible account, of course, of Jesus's birth, and of course, it has to do a lot with Joseph. But in this passage, that uh, passage from Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, that we're going to be looking at first here this morning is cited, and it says this in Isaiah 7, verse 14, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign, behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and you shall call his name Emmanuel, and you shall call his name Emmanuel. Now, now this is in, incredibly important. First of all, we see how this prophecy was what made Joseph realize that he should go and take Mary to be his wife. Clearly, Joseph knew this prophecy. Clearly, he knew the scripture. And so, when the angel comes and points out that this prophecy is being fulfilled in Mary. That's when Joseph knew he needed to go and to take Mary to be his wife. It was confirmed not only through the message of an angel, but through the Word of God. Joseph was a man of the Word, and he stayed there in the Word of God. We know he's a man of the Word because it says that he was a just man. 
He was a just man. And you can't really be a just man without having the standard of the Word of God in your life. But I do just want to point out a few things uh, also about this, this prophecy that is really, really important to understand, especially when it comes to Christmas. Uh, first of all, it, it was a sign that was to be given. Now, this sign uh, of course, as it's it's stated here in Isaiah chapter 7, when Isaiah is writing this, they're probably thinking it's a sign to the nation. And while it is a sign to the nation, because it is fulfilled prophecy, and of course it's a sign to those of us, not only in Israel, it, it was actually a little bit more specific. I already touched on this. It was a sign specifically to Joseph. But when Isaiah was writing this down, he probably had no idea he probably had no clue. He was just seeing the peaks. But it's amazing to see how God works in how he prophesied that this would be a sign. And we see that then God used Joseph instrumentally uh, in order to protect Jesus Christ, to go and to take him to Egypt, to bring him back. And also, uh, the, we can really assume that he trained and taught Jesus the, the, the skill of being a stonemason, a, a very skilled stonemason, because that was exactly what Jesus followed in his, his stepfather, not really stepfather, but his adopted father's, uh, definitely not stepfather, his adopted father's uh, footsteps here in, in Joseph, who was also a stonemason. But then it continues on, and it says, Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son. And this is, this is important to understand because sin is passed down specifically through man. Sin entered the world through one man, and it is passed down through man. And so it was important here to go and see that it would be through the seed of woman, which is a fulfillment of another prophecy, one that we may or may not get to here this morning, not looking like we're probably going to, looking at the time, but another prophecy in Genesis chapter 3 that it would be through the seed of, of woman uh, that would go and crush the serpent's head. It is that God designed it in this way because man is to be head over the family because there is a headship that man has over the family, and because Adam wasn't rightly exercising headship but allowed his wife to be deceived and then willfully partook of the fruit, that it was part of the curse that sin would pass down through the man. It's actually through the, the man's seed that we go and we see that sin is quite literally passed down. But we see here that God goes and does something miraculous, that it is a virgin who conceives. He goes and he bypasses that sin nature being passed down in order that Jesus Christ might have a perfect nature and that he might not sin. Of course, he is God, and that, that is what happened there. But then we see here, it also says, you shall call his name Emmanuel, which of course we know is translated God with us. Jesus Christ is God. And this is the incredible thing about the about Christmas uh, and the incarnation, that it is that God himself put on flesh to dwell among us as mankind, as sinners. He dwelt among us. He came to save us. Wow. This is what Christmas is about, that there would be a prophecy that God himself, that God himself would come and put on flesh. It would be God with us, which is incredible when you stop and you think about 
the Pharisees, and of course, the rejection of Jesus Christ. But they, they took up stones on, on a few different occasions, wanting to stone Jesus Christ, accusing him of blasphemy, but it's, it's that they missed the prophecies. It's that they missed that the Old Testament was bearing witness of Jesus Christ, and he's not committing blasphemy. He, he, he was not, he didn't consider it robbery to be equal with God, it tells us in Philippians chapter 2. Why? Because he is God. And if the Pharisees would have been more familiar with the Word of God through being led by the Spirit of God, they would have seen this passage of Scripture, this prophecy, and known that Jesus wasn't blaspheming, but he was actually speaking the truth and speaking then rightly because he was and is the Messiah. But the Pharisees, who would go and memorize like the first five chapters of Scripture, I mean, they did know Scripture intellectually, but they didn't open up their moral self, their, the, the seat of their affections, or what we would call their heart, to the Holy Spirit to implant the Word of God in them. Because they didn't do that, they missed the one whom Scripture spoke of. They missed it. They missed it, which is a lesson for all of us that it's not just that we need to intellectually know the Word of God. It's important that you're in the Word of God, that you know it. But most importantly, you need to be letting the Holy Spirit do its work in your heart while you're reading the Word of God. Are you letting the Holy Spirit, are you letting Him go and change your heart? Are you letting the Word of God come and not just be something for your neighbor to learn, that you're looking out and saying, how can this verse apply to my neighbor's life? But are you looking at it and saying, how can this verse apply to my life? How can I change and become more like Christ? Because that is what you need to do. You know, here I thought we were going to get to a couple different uh, prophecies in Scripture, but we really only got to this one here in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. But I do just want to encourage you to really think about these, these Christmas passages, because whether they're the prophecies or whether they're, it's like the Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25, which shows the fulfillment of that passage, uh, whatever it is, it is, these are just precious, precious passages of Scripture that many times we just kind of read over because of familiarity. But let me tell you, there is so much in them for us to learn and for us to apply them to our lives. And, and so today, I just want to challenge you, make sure that you're not like the Pharisees, that you're not missing these prophecies, but that your heart is open to the Holy Spirit to go and to change your heart where it needs to be changed and to apply the Word of God to your life where it needs to be applied. Well, thank you for listening today. And remember Joshua 1, 8, 9 as we depart. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make you a prosperous, and then you'll have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go.